And this is a reading in Matthew 13, 1 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat there. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell upon thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. The disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to him who has will more be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, You shall indeed hear, but never understand, and you shall indeed see, but never perceive. For this People's heart has grown dull, and their ears are heavy of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should perceive with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn for me to heal them. But blessed are you, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, and did not see it and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky road, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is he who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the delight in riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is he who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, and in another case sixty, and in another thirty. The word of the Lord. When I was a kid, every day after school, me and my brother... My brother, Mike, we would run into the house and change our clothes because that was a long time ago. And Kids used to have what they call school clothes. And that's you were only allowed to wear your school clothes to school. And then you had what you called play clothes. 
that you had to change into after school so you could go out and uh, play. Anyway, when I was a kid, every day after school, me and my brother Mike would run into the house and change out of our school clothes and into our play clothes as fast as we could, and then we would run outside into the front yard. We ran because all the other kids on the block were running into their houses and changing out of their school clothes into their play clothes and running into our front yard too. That's where all the kids on the block would meet to play, and we all ran because the first person that got there would get to choose what we play. It seemed like a really big deal at the time to get to choose what game we were going to play, even though there were only like three games that we ever did play. We had uh, Kick the Can, which is uh, kind of like hide-and-seek, really, but there's a can in the middle of the yard, and the person's who's it, kind of guards the can and tries to find the other kids and tag them and all the other kids that are hiding try to run from their hiding places and kick the can and then everybody would free and that person would have to be it again. And then we'd also play sardines, which is kind of like hide and seek, but in reverse. Like the person who was it ran and hid and then everyone else would try to find them and if you found that person, then it was like you hid with them until there was only one person left. And then my favorite game, which was Frozen Tag and was nothing at all like hide and seek. It was like tag. Um, but when you got tagged by the person that was it, you were frozen. And when it was my turn to choose the game, I always chose a version of that game, which is called Under the Legs Frozen Tag. It's a more complex variation. That's where someone, if you're frozen, someone could run to you and crawl through your legs, and then you'd be unfrozen. But you know, it didn't happen that often that I got to choose which game we played, because my brother Mike always beat me to the front yard, and even if I was going to beat him when I was going out ahead of the front door ahead of him, he would grab me and pull me back, and go out in front of me. But even if I did really get able, was able to beat my brother Mike and go out in the front yard first, it probably wouldn't matter at all because no matter how fast we seem to change into our play clothes and go into the front yard, Jenny Banny was always standing there with her arms crossed, tapping one foot, looking bored, like, I've been here for a long time, what took you? Jenny Banny always liked to play sardines. And if she was bored of sardines, she would play kick the can. So this one day, Jenny Banny got to the front yard first, surprise, and she was bored of playing sardines, she said. And, and even though she was also bored of playing kick the can, we were going to play kick the can. Because Jenny Banny said the frozen tag, and especially under the legs frozen tag, was a game for babies. And Jay Brandle and Paul Tushell said, yeah, that's a game for babies. So they decided to play kick the can. And Jenny Benny said that Donnie McCann had to be it. And Donnie McCann said, nuh-uh. You have to start out being it because you chose the game, which is the way we always played. But Jenny Benny said, no, that she got to choose who was it because she was there first, and it didn't make sense that if she got to choose that she would have to be it. She crossed her arms like a grown-up and said, I get to say the rules because I was here first. And then some other kids, and even me and my brother, said, no, 
that's not fair, that's not the rules. But then Jay Brandle and Paul Tushhouse said it was too fair because sometimes Jay Brandle and Paul Tushhouse got there first um, before Jenny Banny, and I think they wanted to be able to make up the rules too. So we played, and Donnie McCann had to be it because Jenny Benny said he had to be it. And then you could not believe, but almost everyone got tagged because it turned out that Donnie McCann was really good at being it. He was really good at being it and kicked the can. And then there were only like three kids left, and one of them was Jenny Bainey, and she ran really fast from her hiding place, and Donnie saw her and ran really fast, and right as she was going to kick the can, Donnie tagged her. Jenny was mad. Jenny was mad, and she said, No, everyone's free. Everyone's free. And Donnie, you have to be it again. And Donnie said, No way, I tagged you. And she said, Yeah, but you tagged me after I was already starting to kick the can. And he said, But that doesn't matter because I tagged you before you kicked the can, which is how the rules go. And she said, No, I was already swinging my leg. And he said, That's not the rules. And Jenny Banny said, It is too. It is my rules, and we have to play by my rules because I was here first. You cannot believe how this declaration changed everything. Like the whole speed of, that it took kids to change into their play clothes went up like a thousand times faster. Everyone wanted to be the one that got to say the rules. I don't even know how kids did it. Paul Tushow said that Jeff Martinez put his clothes right by the back door and so he didn't have to go up to his room. He just left his school clothes on the floor by the back door so he could get out there first. People started beating Jenny, Jenny Banny like three times a week. Even Don Albertson. And she said that Jenny Banny wore her play clothes under her school clothes and she just took them off in the garage. You know, you think that it would be good that other kids were there first and it wasn't always Jenny Banny saying the rules. But when the other kids got their turn, something happened. They wanted revenge. Everyone started making up harder and harder rules. And rules, you'd like, you had to call them your majesty and stupid stuff like you couldn't, you, before you played, you have to bring them a drink of water. Or um, everybody had to touch their noses to the cobblestones in the Kruger's walkway. And pretty soon, we didn't even play any games. We didn't play any games at all. We just called it playing the rules. And we used, to, we used to call the person, it used to be, oh, the person who got there first. We said that person was the person who got to decide the game. But now we called them the person who says the rules. And you'd think someone would just say, uh, no way, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to crawl all the way across the street on my stomach. But you couldn't say you weren't going to do it because one of the rules Donnie McCann made up was that if you didn't follow the rules, you couldn't play for three days. And then everyone said that that should be a permanent rule. And so it was. And then it was like, turn one time for Jenny Banny. And she said that if you didn't follow the rules, not only could you not play for three days, but you had to go through the spanking machine. Which I don't know if you've ever done this, but it's all these kids lined up with their legs apart, and then one kid has to crawl under everyone's legs, and everyone gets to spank them as they're crawling under, and they spank really hard. And one time Jeff Martinez's little brother John started crying because it hurt so much. 
So no one wanted to break a rule because they were afraid that if they went through the spanking machine that they might cry too. And they would cry in front of everyone and then everybody would call them a baby for like a year. So when everyone came to our front yard to play the rules, it was like taking a test at school. And no one had any fun. And no one yelled or goofed around. Everyone was just like silent and scared and listened really carefully. Because another permanent rule was that if you, even if you didn't hear a rule or weren't there when the rule was said, you still had to follow it. So every day after school, everyone ran to our front yard and everyone just did whatever the person who said the rules told them to do in silence, like they were already in trouble. Until one day. By the time I got there, everyone was standing around looking at something, saying like, cool or gross, and don't touch it. And I went over to where everyone was gathered and I saw what they were looking at. It was a dead crow, right in our front yard, a dead crow. But before I could really get a good look at it, Jenny Banny yelled, everyone sit on the curb right now, because she was saying the rules. And we had to go, because she was saying the rules, but everyone wanted to see the crow more, because you don't get to see a really big dead crow that often. We sat down, and Jenny said, after everything, she said, you have to, after everything I say, you have to call, say, you're the greatest, my queen. And so not to get tricked, after she said that, everybody yelled quickly, you're the greatest, my queen. And then she said everybody had to make their hands into fists. And then they had to sit on their fists on the curb for 10 minutes. And you could not talk, and you could not make a sound. You're the greatest, Queen, we said. Now, I don't know if you ever made a fist with your hands and sat on them on a stone curb, but it really hurts. And 10 minutes is a really long to do that and not say a word or make a sound. But we were doing it. And it seemed like we had been doing it for like an hour when Jenny yelled, eight more minutes, eight more minutes. I didn't know if I could make it. And then, just then, I really couldn't believe it, Don Anderson stood up. And you could see that she had tears in her eyes. Nobody had ever broken a rule on purpose. Everyone was stunned, even Jenny Banny. Don Anderson walked onto our front lawn and over to the dead crow, and she bent down, and she picked it up, and held it out in front of her, in her two hands with its head facing us, and said, I'm going to say a rule. And Jenny Banny yelled, you can't say a rule, you can't say a rule. Don said, holding the crow up, everyone get into a line. Everybody stand up and get into a line. This is the rule. Everyone who kisses the crow is free from all rules for all time. And she turned it toward her and kissed it on the beak. And we all got in a line and we saw her face 
with the biggest smile on it, like it was true that she was free of all the rules. And one by one, we all kissed the crow. And even at the end of the line, Jenny Banny kissed it. And when she did, everybody cheered. Everybody cheered and started running around and wrestling and stuff. And then without anyone even being the decider, kids just started playing tag. And someone yelled, let's play tag. And everyone must have been thinking the same thing. Because then every kid said at the exact same time, not it. Not it. 